Welcome to the Naked Ear Podcast. This podcast aims to bridge a gap between artist and listener. We'll be discussing some of the hottest topics in the music industry today, featuring conversations with music producers, musicians, songwriters, and normal everyday people. You'll get a better understanding of how people hear music differently and how it connects us all. So, whether you're an average Joe or an industry pro, join us as we aim to train the naked ear. song you just heard was The Homecoming by Sonny Boy, and we're here with Sonny Boy, Colin Lindbergh. How are you doing today, Colin? I'm good, man. How are you? Good. I'm so, I'm so pumped that you're, uh, you're on this podcast, and I'm glad that your new music is finally out because I know you've been working on it for a while now, and uh, if you haven't heard it yet in full, go on Spotify and definitely check out Sonny Boy. So uh, you're, you're originally from uh, Irwin, PA, but now you're living in Pittsburgh. So tell me a little bit about how you got started with your musical journey. Like what instrument did you start with? What kind of music did you listen to growing up? I mean, the very first instrument I played seriously was middle school. I played string bass for like two months because the teacher said I was tall. Uh, but oh wow. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I've always been in chorus and I love singing and stuff, but I got into guitar when I was, you know, 14 which like a lot of kids do. And that was the instrument that I really loved, you know? Um, so always been singing, you know, my whole life. And then once I started playing guitar, you know, wrote some pretty crappy songs starting out in high school, you know? And, um, cause you were just writing to get the girls, right? Yeah, it was, well, <laughs> I wasn't going to get girls even if I wrote stairway to heaven, but the, I was, <laughs> Mostly it was like writing about being sad over girls, uh, oh, wow. you know, just writing terrible songs. And um, 
I played like a talent show at my high school. I remember, I guess that was sophomore year of high school and so nervous, you know, but I played flake by Jack Johnson. Awesome song. And, uh, that was like, that opened up the door for me to like play shows in front of people. I never had realized that was a thing. And it, it, that's where it really started, man. I started playing shows and writing more songs and been doing it ever since really. So that gave you the confidence initially. Yeah, I was the same way in yeah. high school. I definitely like wanted to sing and didn't have the confidence. And and it's that feeling that you get like you're supposed to do it, right? Like I feel like yeah. you were just describing that. Uh, so what kind of music? You said Jack Johnson you were listening to. Like what were your parents bringing you up with? Oh, my um, my dad was into, you know, all the classic rock that like early on in high school I really got into. He was a, a – huge uh, uh fan of the doors and um so you know we we would listen to that um uh, listen to the rolling stones all that good stuff led zeppelin and you know right up to like contemporary stuff i remember here in the offspring you know around my house mm-hmm. and um my mom was a huge pearl jam fan so pearl jam was always playing and um but then she also loved garth brooks in the 90s you're a 90s which, kid too yeah yeah <laughs> so garth brooks man he's like he's in we were talking about country artists before the show yeah I was, garth brooks is another one who definitely i i enjoyed this new pop country like i heard sam hunt just talking over a track the other day and it kind of got me like what like what is that talent like spoken word yeah, what, is, what is this what is that who 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 thought of that it made me want to turn it off and i feel like a song shouldn't do that if I'm going to listen to someone talking over a track or something, it better be like poetry, like, or rap, but even rap's not talking, you yeah, know? Exactly. There's phrasing associated with it and all that kind of right. stuff. Right. Yeah. So I guess that leads me into, I met you because, you know, we record in the same studio, uh, but you were in a band called the Wyoming Waters and uh, kind of like the folky vibes and the rock and roll vibes that that music gave off that, I mean, that's kind of a culmination of what you were just describing that your parents kind of got you into growing up. Yeah, man, there's, it's like, it's that, you know, just wide array of influences thing. I mean, and like, you know, like I said, I got super into Jack Johnson in high school first. Like that was like, I knew how to play almost every one of his songs. Yeah. And I got made fun of because I had friends who were like learning Metallica and and stuff and I did want to play that too but like the funny thing was like a lot of my friends couldn't play chords they didn't know song structure I learned all that from from Jack Johnson like he he can really write a good song so it was I was learning how to play bar chords and and form songs and then like later on I started learning how to like solo and get into that stuff but that foundation of that and then of course you know listening to like classic rock and stuff like that um I think helps a lot of kids like get that in their head. How, what makes a good song? You know what I mean? And as opposed to a lot of guitar players when they're young, get into, I just want to solo. I want to shred play distorted, you know? So did you have lessons on guitar or did you teach yourself? I had, I taught myself for a while and then had lessons for like a year. I was learning to read music Yeah, and, um, I can't remember if I just didn't want to do it anymore if, you know, couldn't afford it or something to my mom, but um, just stopped after that and then 
taught myself the rest of the way. That's the way to go, man. I, I'm a piano yeah. player by nature. So my first actual piano lesson was in college my freshman year. I remember my piano teacher just kind of telling me like, you know, play something the first day of class. And I was just like, all right. And, you know, I played the song I'd written in primarily on the black keys. And she was just like, that's really interesting. Like it sounded great, but like in your form was okay. But like they were all in the black keys. I don't really see that often. And then she was teaching me stuff like Mary had a little lamb and like learning the bass notes and stuff. And I just feel like for, and you know, this podcast is all about how we listen to music. Like just to like, listen to music if it sounds good like Jimi hendrix played the guitar backwards right like doesn't that mean something if it sounds good it doesn't matter like and i feel like that's why a lot of people give lessons up when they're younger because like they'll learn how to play and be told no that's not the right way and what is that doing to your creativity you know so the fact that you could have just that you did just go out and you know play your own guitar and learn your own songs it speaks to your creativity i think Right, man. And I mean, I feel you on that. I went to school for three semesters for, um, I was technically going for music education, like as a vocal major. And it was the same thing, man. It was music theory and, um, you know, proper posture and all that stuff. And it was, there's a, there's definitely a place for it and you should have good foundations. But when it came down to it, I just, it felt kind of soulless at that point in my life you know and there is a place for that and i'm not like you know there are great classical tra- classically trained oh, yeah. vocalists and pianists you know but it, when it comes down to being a singer songwriter i think you just need what you need to get the job done because you have to be this like three-told artist right you have to be good at singing songwriting and performing your instrument so, absolutely yeah so uh i wish i went to college <laughs> for three semesters because uh <laughs> college that is not fun <laughs> Um, I met good friends in college and learned how to sing in college, but, uh, you know, huh? I said paying for your friends and I technically, I paid for my wife, but Hey, there you go. I thought I did that, but then it didn't work out (laughs) in the end. So (laughs) that sounds wrong though. So I thought she was priceless. It turns out she was only worth (laughs) (laughs) $40,000. Anyway, so I'm really excited about what you've been doing with this new stuff. So we both know Daniel Blake. He's a good friend of both of ours and we've had him on this podcast and uh, I can't say enough about him and you're going by Sonny boy. And if you haven't seen his Instagram already, go follow Colin on Instagram uh, under Sonny boy, S O N N Y boy. Uh, And uh, (laughs) his, his profile picture, he just like revamped his Instagram is, is a mascot and you, how did this come about this, this picture? Cause I love, I love it. Cause you, you talk about in your bio, how like, you know, we can't tell how nervous that you are. So tell me about like how the concept came about first and then we'll like talk about the music. Cause I like what you're doing with the whole, you know, sunny boy. Thanks man. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I've been struggling for years, like ever since really starting, I guess, well, really my first band back in like, college um i struggle with the idea of you know the way new music is now that that whether you're meaning to or not you basically have to become um somebody who's obsessed with their own image and um you know not that there's, you know, it's, it's kind of encouraged. Now we talked about social media earlier. I mean, that's part of the game, man. You, 
you really have to craft your image. It, it's, it's very just inherently self-indulgent, but um, it's what you need to do. And just, you know, getting sicker and sicker in that, of that over the years. Um, I was talking with my brother-in-law, Jeremy, who does a lot of my, all of my photography and video and uh, a lot of my art direction and things like that. We're just kind of arguing, going back and forth about what, what's our concept. He's saying, you need a connection with the audience. Originally, I said, I'm going to dress in a giant teddy bear suit, you know, that way. Then I realized Kanye already did it. And you have uh, a mascot. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. So at some point I got pissed off and I said, I, I might as well just be a mascot of myself, man. I might as well just be like, wear a giant head. And, and then I was like, wait a minute. That's actually pretty great. Heck yeah. I love it. It's, it's sort of a subversion of that whole thing, man. Oh, yeah. It's, uh, okay, so I need to be a constant billboard for myself. Well, then that's what I'm going to do. In that kind of, you know, like it's a concept album. And, and that mm. kind of gave you the concept behind this. So a lot of the songs are themed appropriately. You said there's going to be eight songs on the full length. Yes, sir. Yep. So, 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 you know, tell me what this song, The Homecoming, is about that we heard in the beginning of this podcast and the single that was just released last week. Absolutely. Um, so I think that was actually the last song I wrote. Uh, I, I circled back around and that sort of was when the album became, like you said, it really, it really is a concept album. Uh, and I sort of realized all these songs that I'm, I'm writing are the culmination of me coming towards this place in my life and who I am, you know, um, as I'm getting older, as you know, life happens, you're getting married. Uh, and now, you know, about to have a, a, a baby, it, it felt like I'm coming home to the person I always thought I would become when I was older, wow. you know? So it was, it was this thought of like, well, one day I'm going to be an adult. One day I'm going to have all this, um, all these things in my life. And I, you know, woke up one day and realized like, I'm here, like I'm home. And, uh, so the whole album really is like, I keep calling it a concept album of my, my life so far, which sounds, you know, sounds self-indulgent again. No, like, for like sure. But talk. in a different way, because I don't feel like yeah. I've ever gotten that deep. Well, maybe in my moments album a little bit, but gotten that deep into like who I am I mean that that's a different part of yourself like that's not you promoting yourself on Instagram that's you promoting mm -hmm. your your deepest part of yourself that those are different things yeah it's right it's writing what you know man yeah. you know like I said uh, like you said in the bio it, it talks about just uh writing music from a more personal nature for years I was even in the whelming waters which was just a you know a couple a couple years ago writing songs that I was always playing a character. Um, wow. I was trying to be cool. I was trying to be, okay, this is from a certain perspective. And the funniest thing is like now that I'm actually writing from, you know, a very personal place, I literally am now a character. <laughs> so, Hey, I mean, but you're your truest character, I feel like. Yeah. And it, it must be freeing because I, I feel that too. Like, there, there's so many people just because you have a gift I feel like they allot this image to your gift like you should be a you know I mean you should be on American Idol or you should be um a classically trained vocalist who sings opera or you know like but we don't put enough 
emphasis on like and i think we're going into this in the in the current state of the world of like self-love um like what what do you want to do not like like the record industry used to be so much of like we're going to make you into this and this is going to sell records right now it's like who are in in i but i feel like the song might connect with someone in that old model but now it's like if you can connect with someone when you're your truest self, like you're going to build super fans. Like you're not just going to build fans because they like your music. Like you're going to build fans because they're going to get to know you on that deeper level that you can be vulnerable like that. So that's huge. Absolutely, man. And the funny thing is like, well, it's kind of like I said, there, there's a juxtaposition there because I think at the same time, like I think I had to kind of come up with this, the whole concept art, uh, you know, wearing a mask and, and wearing, wearing this costume because while I'm writing very personal music, I'm also a pretty closed off guy. And like, I don't really make friends very easily. I'm slow to let people in. Yeah. So it was almost like, because I'm letting everyone in with these songs, I need to cover my face and I need to, I oh, can't, wow. I can't let them see it all. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, that's, that's even on another level. Um, even more transparent, uh, you know, and which is, I mean, you have Sia and like Daft Punk, they do the same type of thing, but they're amazing yeah. artists and writers in their own respect. If you look up their library of the, the songs they've written for other artists and things like that too. I mean, it's just amazing. So maybe you're tapping into something really powerful that, you know, you haven't even seen come to life yet. Uh, you know, well, we talk about those people as influence, but what were the influence for this record? Because I hear a lot of, 80s and i i always i always hate to throw a genre on someone or like you know i i want it to right. be your original but i i we were talking about this before like you you like nailed this record like this this wasn't something that thank you you know you were trying to go after a certain sound and then like you know it it kind of came about but like no like i i feel like i could hear this and be like i've heard that style but this is different this is like a new or fresh perspective so like what are some of the artists that you look up to in the sense of like this style man i this was such a recent development for me i've been very um like i said earlier i've been i was like an old bastard like at like 25 <laughs> i was like you know the beatles and and led zeppelin and all oh, these new music all sucks and you know i love jack white i love the black keys which i still do i still love those bands that are doing the rock thing and um but I was so closed off to music and it was almost like, um, I, I actually honestly think Daniel was a, a big part of that when I Great. became friends with him, you know, and, and just a lot of other people in the music community around here and stuff call me out on my bullshit. And like, I, was, uh, I don't like, you know, whoever I, Kanye West stupid. And, um, and they're like, Oh yeah. Have you ever actually listened to that? And really, the answer was no. I had never listened. I always said, I hate 80s music. You know, I, it's terrible. And, um, but I never listened, you know. And, um, and so I've just recently started to get into, you know, a lot of modern stuff. Like, I, I'm, I'm a big Bleachers fan. Yeah. The, the Killers. I mean, talk about being, like, behind the eight ball. Like, oh, yeah. I and mean, these are amazing musicians who are just revolutionizing the way that we listen to music. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, I have gotten into Kanye and, and being a, been able to appreciate that. And St. Vincent, who is like yeah. phenomenal. Okay. Just listen to, you know, 
listening to experimental stuff too. Like I've even, uh, even with this record going back to like weird music from the seventies, whereas everybody's talking about, you know, the, the bands that everybody talks about, like I'm finally like discovering, uh, uh, here come the warm jets by Brian Eno, which is an insane album. And it's, <laughs> and it's, it's really good, but like weird stuff like that. So, and okay. you know, I've always loved David Bowie, but started listening to his more like deep cuts and realizing he's not like, he's not who you think he is. Your main instrument's guitar, but there's so many synths and things like that in, in this specific song. So Dan brought a lot of, Daniel brought a lot of that out, you know, with the drums yeah. and everything. Did he play live drums on the record? Like what do the other songs kind of like sound like? The, the album is all pretty synth heavy and, and, but that was part of it, man. I think after the, the band's album, we made it in, in a super organic way, which is what I always loved. Like I said, Jack White, huge influence. And I, and I know that it's all about like analog stuff. Obviously, mm-hmm. we couldn't do that. But with, with The Whelming Waters, it was we're going to play things live and then we're going to overdub and we're going to keep things as organic as possible. Yeah. And then when I had the opportunity to do this, it became like, well, I want to do everything I haven't tried. Uh, So you'll hear a lot of like B-roll and different uh, effects in this album. Like um, we actually, there's a lot of things you'll hear throughout that are actually clips from um, home movies from my childhood. So that's awesome. uh, My, my brother-in-law and my sister, like they're like the keepers of our archives. They love like VHS and all that old stuff. So, uh, they helped me out with like pulling all these clips and, you know, Daniel helped put them throughout. So it was basically like, I want to try some weird stuff. I want to play with synths and sounds that I've never been able to make before. And um, like I said, Daniel was like instrumental because he just, I could play a song for him and he'd be like, I think that's this and pull it up, you know, yeah. uh, just has a ton of knowledge. And now I'm just like in love with that stuff. And he's definitely good at getting what's in your head out. And and I've always exactly. loved that about him. And it's funny because when I started recording from home myself, he had a revelation of like, oh, that's what was in your head. Or like, that's how you think. Because he could hear me through music <laughs> in a different way. Right, right. You know, Absolutely. like with, with things I'd be telling him. But uh, yeah, man, I'm I'm just super excited for this, uh, you know, this single. And what what are what are some goals that you have for this project and this new endeavor that you're that you're in because you know we are um kids i I don't want to say kids (laughs) like we we grew up as kids in a generation with social media you know like to now we're like whereas we have to promote it on there but like what are some forms of promotion what are goals that you have like for yourself as a personal artist how do you want to see this come to life in the real world that's not just like online maybe or even if it's online as well a big thing for me and it and and it's not coming from a place of like shallowness or anything, but I really want to um, push for uh, sync deals and, and, you know, my music being in movies or TV shows or commercials like that used to be, I mean, like 15 years ago, you'd be a sellout, you know? And now it's like, everybody's gunning for these because really with, with streaming and everything, that's how you make money now. I mean, that's a big deal. But it's for me, it's not just about making money. Like it's it's not about just making a living. That would be fantastic. But if you you know, really if you listen to this record, the word cinematic 
kind of comes to mind. And yeah. like, while I didn't, I didn't write it with that in mind necessarily, I love the idea of, you know, my music being able to drive a story forward. And I really do at some, at some point I'd actually hope to like, you know, once I get a uh, home set up and everything, I'd like to work on some, hopefully some indie films and stuff around here wow. and maybe cool. uh, lend my music to some of that, you know, some original scores and stuff. I've always loved that, you know, scoring movies. And That's really interesting. That's, that's unique. Yeah. I, I think Pittsburgh's a great place to do that, especially with the film industry kind of thriving recently mm-hmm. with like the bigger movies that have been here. Um, there's like companies and stuff now, but yeah, getting your music out there, I, I think in a time like this as well with those sync deals and, and stuff and it, and it's hard and there's books about just, you know, sync licensing, but look how many streaming services there are these days. Just like how many episodes of how many, like if you can do the work and just get it out there, like, I mean, you know, performing live is one thing, but you have to have your art featured places like an, like an author, they sell their books because they want people to read them, you know, but they have to do like the book tours and the appearances, but I'm sure they love to write more than they love to like do the appearance. You know what I mean? I would call myself a recording artist and it might sound like I'm conceited or something, but because I'm a recording <laughs> artist, but that's what we, that's what we do. Like that's our canvas, right? Yeah, man. Absolutely. So you want that to be out there. Yeah. We mentioned that earlier. I mean, like there's nothing like a live show. Like it's a feeling that you don't get anywhere else. It's like a high, but for me, there's so much that can go wrong. And I'm like an inherently nervous person. So the shows are almost like, for me, a necessary evil sometimes. Yeah, but you've played on some big stages. Like I saw you down at Deutschtown on a main stage with a, your band. And yeah, uh, what, what else have you done in town? Like, cause I mean, I, I know it's easy to put on an act, you know, cause I'm an introvert too, but I, I am very extroverted as well, but I get anxiety before I have to like meet people before a show, like 50 people in the crowd. I don't want to talk to cause I just want to play like, you know, that makes me more nervous than like being on stage. So, yeah. I mean, yeah. has like kind of doing it pushed you out of that comfort zone or like what did, how was that like? It does every time, man. Um, yeah. Like you said, Deutschtown was a big, a big moment. And we played uh, right before the pandemic, I think February 6th. 2020 we played thunderbird music hall in lawrenceville oh man i've been wanting to get to um, that like the renovated one yeah it's so oh, nice man. man we 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 played with our uh uh friend standard broadcast who are who are just such great guys and then um uh back alley sound dude okay played with us as well and a phenomenal like some great local acts and and it was just this big stage and you know it wasn't like the place was packed but it just felt like man we're starting to get you know, bigger stages. We're starting to oh, for sure. uh, get on a roll here, you know, and then of course everything shut down. And, <sighs> but uh, you know, we could talk forever about that, but it's for me, it's every single show. Like I don't, the anxiety for me never goes away. You know, it's, it's just the thought of something going wrong. Uh, whether it be like my amp stops working, my guitar doesn't work. My, you know, I forget lyrics, which happens every time, Sweet. but <laughs> After every show, I do, I get this rush of euphoria and I think, you know, why don't I do this more? So it's, it's, it's a constant struggle with that. You know, you just got to fight it because once you do play the show, you will be thankful you did, you know, 
For sure. So are your other, you know, think about live shows and stuff. You think you're going to play the backing tracks or like, are your old bandmates going to be involved with this or, you know, kind of like, so like who, who are you playing with in Wyoming waters? Um, you know, was it like, it was like a five piece, right? It was an eight piece. Oh, wow. Yeah. It was, it was pretty big. Okay. <laughs> you know, my, my sister and my brother-in-law are in that band. Um, uh, my two really close friends from high school, um, uh, a, a good friend we met through um, another band called The Moment that that we played with several times. Oh, wow. it's like then, a family band. Cool. Yeah, man. Essentially. And, and, uh, <laughs> essentially, yeah. And and it was it was a, a great experience, especially to play with a band that size, you know. And you know, I I think the goal for for Sunny Boy is to sort of have a rotating cast of characters, just because I I, I mean, not that. I don't know how many shows will be played. I think it's going to be more of a, an attempt at quality over quantity with shows, but everybody's not available for everything. You learn that when you have eight people in a band, it's yeah. like, it's, it's much better to maybe, I think it'd be awesome to have like a different band, every show for this. And that's a tall order, but I think there's so many really good musicians who, if you ask them, you know, around here, Hey, would you be in one show with me? Yeah, sure. Why not? And the quality know? stuff's so much more fulfilling sometimes. Like you don't have to do eight yeah. shows in a in a month. You can do two, but they can be on like bigger stages and stuff. Or even the quality of musicians. Like I don't know, it, there is a difference. What what was that? I mean, what did that teach you being in a band with eight people? Did everybody have different assignments when it came to like marketing and like what did that teach you about kind of like getting your name out there and building a brand? Because I mean, you guys had some good branding and, and cds and merch and stuff like that and like even i mean i know you were out there on the local scene so you know what what can you bring from that experience to kind of like as you go into the future with sunny boy um i definitely learned a lot um through through that marketing process and you know releasing an album like that's something i had just never done and you really start to learn like there is a ton of work that goes into that I mean, that you, that you don't even think about. It's, sure. it's a, an insane process. But I keep talking about my brother-in-law. His name's Jeremy Guidus. Uh, okay. He was like the, the MVP of the band because he's very, like, methodical with stuff. And he took all that on and kind of, like, right down to learning, like, YouTube algorithms and, and things like that. Wow. Just, I think we, he, he and I kind of complement each other in that way that, I I constantly am looking at the creative side. This has to be this way. This has to be this way. Then it's like, well, from a marketing aspect, it has to be a different way. And it's huge to but, have that support in that team. Yeah, man. People don't see that. Yeah. 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 And everybody like played these special parts that, that I, I think you need that. And I mean, I'm still, Jeremy's still really helping me on this. Like I said, I mean, it's not, I'm not doing all this myself. There's oh, no, just no look at way. Ed Sheeran. I mean, he tours with lights and no band. Now he might have a band, but I mean, like how many people does he have to bring to put the lights and the sound on? Like it, there's so many people yeah. behind the scenes doing things that like you think of it as one person, you know, but it's, it's really never that like you have Dan Blake who recorded this, this record, you know, and it's like, and it's, it's amazing. So, you know, it, it can help you to really like appreciate an artist more when you see how much they go through, you know? Absolutely, man. Um, is there is there anything you wish you would have told yourself like ten years ago that would have helped you? Oh yeah, some things I can't say. No, um, you could. You could just put your mascot <laughs> head on and just talk away. 
You should just do um, interviews with that. I don't, I don't use the video for this, but you could just I'd love to, I was going to say, you should just like stand outside of like TV stations with a guitar and like, that'd be cool, man. That that's a way to go. Be fun. I need to figure out some sort of in head microphone system, but I'm sure I could I'm sure I could figure that out. I'm sure um, Dan could help you with that. If I, if I would tell myself something, it would just be like patience, <laughs> you know, cause it's yeah. not one thing that's going to get you there. It's like 10 things and like everything in between. I was in one scenario in my life for like probably three months too long, but I learned how to use a guitar pick. I learned how to use, like, just because I was in this situation um, in the people that I learned. And like, you look back and you're like, man, that, I didn't learn much there. But then you're like, wait, if I never learned how to use a guitar pick, right? Like I might be in a hard spot right now. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, you, you're, you're hitting on several points and, and what ties into that is, you know, 10 years ago, I would have told myself, you know, it sounds pessimistic, but be, just be careful, you know, and, and I've been pretty lucky. I haven't been burned too many times, but you know, we, we, we hit on it earlier too, uh, about, you know, a lot of these like marketing companies asking for money. It's the, the fact is, like you said, is that as much as it seems like an artist can make it overnight, that that's never true. Nope. It's just never true. I mean, even if you go viral, um, that's generally pretty short lived. Um, so you see an artist like, uh, you know, Billie Eilish, you're like, she came out of nowhere, you know, like she got famous overnight. Well, she's been recording music for years. I mean, Oh yeah. And Phineas uh, is, is like him and Daniel yeah. Blake are the same person. Yeah. <laughs> I not, mean, not, not everybody has a, like a master producer and engineer yeah. in, their, in their bedroom. Who's their so, brother. Yeah. <laughs> so, and that's like, it, it sounds so stupid. Like, Oh, any younger artists, like that ask me for advice. I just tell them, you know, if something's too good to be true, like it probably is, man, that's the tale yeah. as old as time. You just, when you're a musician, like trying to make it, people are going to try and take advantage of you, whether it be, you know, pay to play, whether it be, um, uh, you know, paying you not enough, even if they're paying you something, it, you know, a lot of music is just undervalued. Yeah. Um, and promising you things they can't deliver on happens too often, you know, for sure. Yeah. I, I love that insight that, I mean, I'm still getting like, new new places will open like bars and stuff and they'll want to offer me like something i would have priced them four years ago and i'm like um <laughs> if i give yeah. you this price in this bar down the street like finds out they're not going to have me for that price and then i can't drink water because my water bill is going to be shut off like my, you know what i mean <laughs> like i mean it just gets to that point but uh okay i have some other questions for you but i want to know like is there anything else you want to talk about with uh, the new single, the new project, like, are you working on any YouTube videos or anything like that? Absolutely. Um, we're, we're kind of like kicking the, the channel off for Sunny Boy, um, uh, October 8th, you know, it'll be out when, nice. when this is, this is released, but, uh, the, the single, the homecoming, uh, has a music video, um, uh, that goes along with it. And, um, you know, that'll be kind of the first video. And then, uh, you know, you'll slowly see, more videos rolling out as, as we get the channel moving. So, you know, definitely want to check it out. Do you have a release gonna... plan for the singles or like, is that kind of like, are you just going to release like a full album after one single or how are you going to go about that? Yeah. I mean, um, the album comes out December 10th of this year. So okay. it will be out. Um, I, I think the, the idea is, 
we're basically going to do as many <laughs> music videos as we can. And honestly, like singles are probably just going to keep coming because I feel that you know, this, this isn't, you know, arrogance or anything, but honestly, this album, it's almost every song could probably be a single in its own way, Great. you know, and we kind of want to approach it with that sort of, if we can continue to make affordable music videos that are quality, you might as well just keep going with it and trying to release as much content. And you as never you can. know which one's going to hit in which way and stuff like that too. Dude, it, uh, you remember Hosier? Yeah. <clears throat> um, his first album, the Take Me to Church, that song was huge. Yeah. Right? If you listen to that album, there's a couple songs on there you're like, how was this not the single? Like coming from a, I just always use that example. That's why Isn't I that wanted crazy? to bring it up. Yeah. You think I'm like, that was a slow piano song. It's got a great message, but it's like, who, who sat there and said, this is going to be the single? Like, in reality, it was probably A&R people or something. Most but likely, who, who know music so much better than we do. <laughs> like, uh, yeah. Apparently, yeah. Because yeah. It, it's tough, man. It's hard to not say, well, this is the catchiest song on the album. It's going to be the single. Um, but, but most of these A&R guys, like, have never picked up an instrument. They're just like these yeah. a, record ex- Like, it's, it's amazing. That's why, you know, this podcast is about how we listen to music differently and you know, to you and I, I mean, we're songwriters and we're like, oh my gosh, like these other Hozier songs, like they could be more amazing to us, but like to the naked ear, it's just like, oh my gosh, like take me to church is just, it's easier to listen to. It's drowny, whatever. Like, and you're never going to please everyone, but having a song for everyone could be cool. Yeah, man. Are you here? Like a lot of the ballots uh, that come out that you're like, you know, I, person I, I i don't know how that was a single but they're songs that are huge you know it's 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 honestly it's fascinating to me i yeah. i like kind of trying to wrap my head around what people like and to be honest with you coming from that you know that same like jaded perspective yeah a lot of the time the songs that make it are just the heaviest marketed the most oh, heavily marketed I was songs say easily like i'm reading books about this too like i uh I don't even know. And I don't even know that I want that. I mean, I've, I've heard so many stories yeah. of people having like panic attacks on airplanes and like, you know, but I want my music to be heard, but I don't want to have to go on like a radio tour or like, but that's what you have to do. It's just such a balance, you know, like with what we want to do with what we have to do to get what we, you know, want to do to make it fulfilling. It's just, you know, I, I wish more people saw behind the scenes. So. Man, it's like, it's like any job. That's the, that's the other thing about this the make it overnight mentality. It's like, okay, are you sure? So you want to make it overnight. Are you sure you're ready for that? Because as, as glamorous as it seems, it's just like any job, you know, yep. being a, not that I even know from, but that's, that's the thing about getting older, man. Like to a lot of other musicians, we're probably like geezers, but <laughs> you know, if, if you reach that age, like where you're, you're comfortable in yourself and you, you know who you are, it'd be so much easier to make it. Like, I mean, as when you did make it, if that were to happen, if you were so lucky, it'd be so much easier because you know, you know what? I know the type of person I am and I'm not gonna, you know, be dancing around in, in a sequence, you know, man, that's huge. Cause look at like, go ahead. Sorry. No, no, that, it, it's fine. It's just, you, you know what you're willing to do for your, for your art. And it's let, like I said, it's less easy to get taken advantage of. 
I mean, look at like Britney Spears and Nick Carter and, you know, like these young, yeah. I mean, Justin Bieber, like they didn't get to have the prom or the, <laughs> the lives that like we had, like we get to experience that on a different level. And I feel like moments in life are more fulfilling for us than like music could ever be. And like, there's such a trade-off because I feel like these musicians want that sometimes. You always want what yeah. you can't have, you know, they didn't get to have a childhood like Michael Jackson. Like, Man, you know, I- and it's just, it, it just makes you that perspective is just huge. Like you said, we're mature now, but um, we, we kind of got through that, which in a way I feel like is a, is a super big blessing. And my, you know, my wife is you know, like so supportive, like in music, she's my biggest fan. And it's huge. She always says like, Oh, I'm, you know, I, I'm not, uh, she, she acts like she isn't, you know, the amazing person she is, but she'll, she'll say these things to me that are so like profound sometimes and doesn't even realize it. And like, I, you know, in the past I would have these moments, like I'm almost 30. I wish I was making the music I'm making now when I was 18, maybe I would have a chance. And she's like, you wouldn't have been writing that music when you were 18. Nope. Because it's not where you were at. Yep. And I'm like, it just wow. puts it all back into perspective. And it's like, if you would have written this music when you were 18, it wouldn't have been real because you haven't lived through all that. You know what I mean? Like, how are so you, you going to be a coach if you're never a player or a president if you've yeah. never been, like, a mayor? You know, something like that. you got to go through that stuff. Exactly, man. That's that's huge, man. I love that. I love that that you can you can just take that from life and and, and have that. And that's super big. I mean, I know, yeah, with, with, with my fiancé now – um, you know, she's my congrats, by the way. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. She's my number one fan though. And it's still hard to get used to saying fiance, but, uh, <laughs> you know, and, but that support at first, I mean, when you're coming up, when you're, you know, 18 to 21, whatever, like your parents are just like, are you making money? No. Well, why are you doing this? You know? And it's like, yeah. it's, it's just so much adversity you have to go through to, just to be afloat, let alone to catch a wave. That that's that's great, man. This this is good stuff, and uh, I can't wait to hear this whole album because there's some really great uh, work that went behind it. But I have a couple questions just before we finish. It's been great talking to you today, sure. by the way. Where can we follow you? Just before I ask these other questions, the usual places on Instagram. Um, uh, just Sunny Boy, you know, S O N N Y. Same on Facebook, uh, YouTube. You know, we're sort of just getting started on YouTube, like I said, so it may be a little tougher to find me. But okay, uh, you know keep keep checking in and uh you know work working on the website and everything too so um, yeah, I, I took my website down last year because i wasn't having any shows but i use it to host my podcast i need to get my domain name back it's just yeah websites yeah, are expensive sometimes yeah it's just like is, is facebook which you need and then facebook and instagram crashed the other day and it's like oh i wish i had a website like the answer is you need it all yeah right you yeah need it all nick speaking of needing it all I guess this yes. doesn't tie in at all. What would your superpower be? Oh, dude. Um, I would have the ability to never say anything awkward. I feel like that's kind of like mind reading. No, maybe not. Cause then like you would need maybe to not. know like what somebody else is saying or, or thinking, you know what I mean? All my superpowers are really like lame superpowers. It's uh, not lame. You know, like being able to drink a whole gallon of milk without throwing up, stuff like that, you know. Have you tried oat, that, mil- oat milk yet? Oh, man. I ju- no, but uh, we drink uh, almond milk. Like, I haven't had real milk in a long time. Me too. Um, Dairy messes me up. It must be because I'm going to be 30. Listen, legally, if you reach the age of 30, 
you have to tell everyone if they say they drink milk, you have to say, uh, humans weren't made to digest that. You got to switch. Oh my gosh. My fiance's brother's vegan and I hear it from him all the time. Like, yeah. Oh man. He's legally bound to say that to you. Except he's 21. (laughs) He's, he's an old soul, I guess. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. He's, he's mature beyond his years, but I tried (laughs) oat milk for the first time and it tastes more like real milk than almond milk does. And Giovanni yeah. has good oat milk. Speaking of dairy and sauce, which sauce also kills me, but what it's kind of pizza? Yeah, right. That's 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 me for you. Uh, what what kind of pizza do you like? Oh man, like are we talking a type of pizza or are we talking? Oh, I'm not talking like Chicago or New York. I'm talking like when you order uh, pizza, what do you order? Like, what's your order with your family? Dude, plain. Yep. Um, okay. Because if a place doesn't have good plain pizza, then none of their pizza is good. And doesn't it taste different sometimes when there's like sausage or pepperoni on there? Too? Yes, absolutely. I, I swear it tastes in like, yep. it's just always my, you know, Liz, my fiance, she loves breadsticks. So it's just like, she'll just be fine with breadsticks and sauce or she doesn't even like sauce. She'll, she'll have it with like ranch. Wow. I'm, I'm usually like either sausage or just like plain, plain mm-hmm. nine times. Out. What's your favorite place in Pittsburgh that you've been to pizza? Man, it, it is a chain, but Giovanni's Pizza is the best. Oh, I think I've had them before. They're not bad, I don't think. Oh, man. Not to not to hit them with anything, but like you're, a few years ago, somebody was like, you go to Giovanni's? And I was like, yeah, I eat there all the time. And they were like, there's roaches in their kitchen, I heard, man. And oh, I was like, you know on. what? I was like, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, ooh, what? And I was like, no, oh, I'll man. still eat there. I don't you care. know what, man? I've worked, so in, good. I worked at Panera and other places and there's there's doors that are opening to take trash out everything's gonna get in sometime like you know like it's just it's in the city like whatever but rumors it's all rumors yeah i i think it's like somebody from another pizza place trying to tear them down (laughs) uh are you like into cars are you more into like tech stuff are you into like would you rather like go outside and take a walk in nature like what, what yeah man yeah i i you know I do love nature. I got to have to get out into it more, but like, honestly, I mean, most of my interests are, are surrounded, you know, or music related, but I do collect bourbon, which I love. I'm a huge oh, bourbon cool. fan. What, what's your favorite uh, like shelf bourbon? I guess that, like if that yeah, you can like, find. Yeah. That's not like from Kentucky that, yeah. Like something you can, I have yeah. a story about bourbon, by the way, it's going to make edition. It's going to um, make you laugh, but go ahead. Oh, I, um, my favorite, uh, right now is, is, uh, uh, wild Turkey rare breed, um, okay. barrel proof. It's delicious. Highly I like, recommend. I like Woodford reserve. Yes. That's like That's Woodford's great. Great. Bourbon. Yeah. It's just a good bourbon. Um, my dad likes tin. Is it tin, tin? cup? Yeah. Tin cup. I got yeah. him that for Christmas. He's, he's like, I guess he's That's the good real too. geezer. Yeah. I'm getting into bourbon more, man. I can't do the well stuff anymore. The well liquor, I'm just, I get headaches and stuff. No, you, and you legally have to say that after 30 as well. Yes. Uh, I can't do the cheap liquor anymore. I had Calico Jack the other day in like rum and coke. (laughs) I had a headache after like two drinks. I didn't even have that much. But uh, are you here right now? I don't know. Somehow I'm magically here. Okay. So here's my story. I went to Myrtle Beach in this summer for vacation, and there's this, uh, it's like a Kentucky distillery, like whiskey, all this stuff. And we're, I'm taking little samples, whatever. So I get to like the seventh one because you get, you pay like 10 bucks and get like seven like 
quarter shots or whatever it is. And I had this 100-proof corn mist. Have you ever heard of corn mist? I have not. Listen, I'm like, I can do this. My friends are, like, recording me doing this. Have you ever, like, had something come out of your nose, like orange juice or something that burns? Oh, yeah. A little bit. Uh, so Oh, yeah. So this corn mist comes out of my nose. My face was red. I was blowing snot for the next hour and a half. It burned. The, and I spit up all over the floor. This lady was like behind the counter, the, the, the bartender or whatever. She's like, you're not the first person that happened to. Like they were laughing at me, but it was so strong. Like I completely underestimated it. Like it burned so bad. Like I, I, I guess I'm not to the point yet where I can handle corn mist. So if you ever see corn mist, beware. I'm just going to walk away from corn mist. Since you're a bourbon aficionado. That's good to know. Yeah. <laughs> um, apparently there's a beer that, that just came out and it's like Sam Adams or something, but it has like traces of bourbon in it or something. And it's like 38% and the bottles themselves are going for like 60 to 90 online or something. Dude, maybe it's aged in bourbon barrels or something. I, like I think that. so. I wow. But it's Sounds like legally a beer. Yeah. I, I forget the name of it, but that's interesting. I feel mm. like I'm learning more about you. This is, this is awesome. So just those, <laughs> there are many those, layers. Yeah, many layers. Many layers. Did you play sports in high school at all? Were you like a band geek or like you said you sang? High school was sort of like the shift for me from sports to like music and theater. Uh, okay. But I did, I threw track, uh, I think my freshman year of high school. But yeah, so I mean, I always I. played. Yeah, you that threw was. discus and shot put because you didn't run. Yes. Neither did I. Did, I, did oh, the big, no. I did the what? big man relay. No, nobody runs. That's a myth. No. Uh, I played baseball and basketball like my whole young okay. life up to that point. So Nice. Yeah, that, that's funny how, how many like athletes transition into music. Well, that's when the real – like if you're going to be an athlete, that's when you really get into it. And I was like, man, screw this. I, I don't want to yeah, yeah. travel for – play baseball. Like, yeah. screw that. It's just not my thing. Well, that's also when you were like getting your heart broken and writing all those sad love songs to the girls. That's that's what did it, man. That's what did it. (laughs) Hey, what got us here today? I I I I really had a good time talking with you, man. And this is uh, this is great stuff. And I can't wait to see you perform this stuff live, or just like see your music videos, and for people to hear your story and get to know uh, Colin or Sunny Boy. You know, now that you're you're kind of out there with with this, and uh, we we hope to hear more and, and stay in touch. All right. Absolutely, man. Thank you so much for having me. It's great to talk about everything. Yeah, have a good one. You too.